Welcome to Real Talk, Real Women, Breaking the Silence Around Abuse. I am Gemma Serenity Gorokov, your host, and today we have the honor of receiving Danielle Green. Danielle Green is an award-winning creator in the fashion, beauty, lifestyle, and wedding industries. She's a branding consultant with a niche in art direction under her own agency and master photographer and owner of Layers, an adventure photography company based in the United States. You can see her work in numerous publications, including Southern Living, Martha Stewart, British Vogue, and Bright's magazines, just to name a few. Welcome, Danielle. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me, Jamal. My first question, as we are on Real Talk, Real Women, Breaking the Silence Around Abuse, can you share with us the kind of abuse you overcame so that our audience can really resonate and connect with you and recognize their story in yours? No name whatsoever, just a story. Sure. Um, Thank you. What happened to me was it's, and I think it's something that's resonating a lot with women today, but it happened to me 12 years ago. And um, what happened was I had gone through a horrific divorce. My husband, um, I, I had a son, um, and my husband was abusive uh before while i was pregnant so i moved home with my family i was living in la at the time when i got pregnant and he was abusive to me while i was pregnant so i left i had the baby on my own when my son turned one um the father of my son wanted to visit him and i granted that and um he said that he wanted to work things out he had changed and so I gave him a chance and we had a very short courtship. We got married, I think, almost immediately, like the same month that he made that decision. <clears throat> and then we moved out on our own. We were only together nine months. Uh, and there was a lot of abuse that occurred in that relationship as well. Um, one day I came home from work and he had left and taken the rent money Um along with some of my belongings um, and left me nothing and just left, abandoned me and, and our son. Um, and it wasn't, it wasn't too long after that where I was just, I was in a very desperate situation and I sent him some intimate images like in an attempt to kind of like, re like resuscitate any kind of love. I didn't want him to abandon us. <laughs> but things didn't work out. Uh, which was ended up being for the best, but I didn't, at the time, um, wasn't able to perceive that, right? So, but anyway, I, I ended up moving on, and um, maybe about a year later, I had met someone else. I was dating them, was having dinner with them, and I got, started getting notifications on my phone, one after another, and then him as well. And then I got a phone call from my brother. And when I picked the phone up, he said, hey, um, your nude images are on the internet. And he's like, you're on that site. And it was at the time it was called, is anyone up? 
That was the name of the site. And it was really the first well-known revenge porn site, which I use that term to just signify that's what it was called. The, the man who created this website, his name was Hunter Moore, and he was a prolific abuser and cyberbully. <clears throat> and um, he made the site to abuse women and men. But a lot of a lot of victims were women. Um, and what he would do is upload their photos, their social medias, um, contact information, their their address, um, and there would be a write up on there that's very mocking towards them and calling them names, you know, dehumanizing them, and then inviting people in the comments to bully. And dehumanize them as well. He, a lot of people, including him, would encourage women to commit suicide. Um, and so for me, I, you know, back then he was getting, you know, it was everywhere. It was all over. My friend, my son, my my, my son, my my brother, his, he was in high school at the time, and his friends had seen these pictures of me. And at the time, I was like, what, 22, 23 years old. I was very young, still very impressionable, very naive. And, um, you know, back then, we didn't have real women in, and represented in advertisements. Women were still very airbrushed. This was like, I don't know, 2010, 2011, 12. And um, I had this mentality already just from being pregnant that, I wouldn't find a man who could love me because I had stretch marks. I mean, it sounds incredibly stupid, but I I had gone to fashion school. I was surrounded by, you know, very, a very shallow mentality. And so I really believed that I was flawed and then therefore couldn't find um, someone to love me because of that. So I already had these very, very deep insecurities there um and so then to see my topless photos on the internet being bullied people commenting about my saggy breasts you know i breastfed my child commenting on my saggy breasts at 23 like i literally thought my life was over i just thought that was it i was done and i immediately thought i had to kill myself there's no there's no way out of this shame i've shamed my family i've shamed myself you know i i was the kind of person who was not going to sleep my way up in Hollywood. Um, I had a very strong mentality against that. I wanted to always keep my dignity in that way. And so for that to be taken away from me without my consent was um, life-shattering. So um, so anyway, that so yeah, that is not, it's called, there's, they're still kind of com coming up with the terms for what it is. But a lot of people are call calling it image-based sexual abuse or sexual um, cyber sexploitation, um, photo rape. I mean, and and the the consequence of that to women, you know. And I and I'll I'll be straightforward and say, and I haven't admitted this um, before publicly, but I'm also a victim of sexual assault. I've been raped um, more than once, and so. I, and I can attest to saying I know everyone's experience is different, but this was far more damaging to me than my own um, 
sexual assault uh, experience because it I, it was publicly it was a public stoning, really. It was humiliation. I I, I do not have words, but I have a lot of compassion, a lot of understanding, of gratitude. You are still alive and still around, and that you somehow came around despite such a a harsh, shameful, horrific experience. I understand how, you know, on the on the scale of uh, David Hawkins, uh, that really measure all the vibration level of all the emotions from the lowest to the highest. So the lowest of all is shame. And this is where you were experiencing that period of life with this. Curious, I never really talk about that. This but is I exactly it. I do advocate a lot about shame as being the most powerful manipulation tactic that women are controlled by. It's it's real. And when you can rise up the level of consciousness to go to acceptance, to go to forgiveness, and when you really are up and above, it's like love and peace and bliss, which is all such a beautiful dream when you are living in the in the shame area and the shame, blame, guilt area, which is the lowest of all vibration and the most difficult to get out. But it's possible and you are in the life proof that you can get out of that vibrational level. Can you get rid of all these pictures on the internet? That's hard. You can change your name, you can do the protection with this program, you can change your face to not be recognized, all kind of things. But all of that, it's like trying to avoid and flee. When you own it, this is where it cannot hurt you. Right. right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, there's a problem right now. Um, I'm, I've teamed up with a lot of survivors to work with these organizations. Um, Panorama Global is one that I'm working with right now. And um, there's a survivor in there who's just, she's been, she, was raped it was filmed and that has gone on to Pornhub and her abuser continues to use um AI software to change her face and continue to upload it so, so she can't get it off Pornhub they refuse to take it off so I mean it's just one of those things where the further technology goes the more I think of a problem we're going to see here and that's why I'm fighting so hard for legislation against sharing of intimate images without someone's consent being a criminal offense a federal criminal offense because it actually is it is felt it is felt like a privacy invasion a breach of trust a, a rape, a image-based rape. It's it's felt like that. It is real. Psychologically, it's real. It totally is. Totally is. And that puts you in a vibrational level where you you can be raped in physical form because you think about that all the time. Well, and a lot of times people are using it to drive women into human trafficking by controlling them with their images so they're saying here i have your images you know um if you don't do what i tell you to do then i'll share them with the world or 
I'll share them with your loved ones. So then, you know, women will go get into cars with men, do things you're not supposed to do because they feel like they're in trouble. So it's another it's another avenue to drive women into human trafficking, unfortunately, as well. I feel that one of the way out of it, and you'll tell you, you will share with us what has been your way of getting out of it. I have not personally experienced this type of um, of aggression, but I have been very close to people who have. So, even though I'm, it's not my experience, I can emphasize with a lot of it. And one of the things that comes to mind, knowing what I know now about healing and transformation, is to say, you know what? Very good. I'm not ashamed anymore. I'm the most beautiful person on earth. Look, watch. You know what? That is my real self. You can compete with real Jenny. And suddenly turn it into your biggest asset. Like, you know what? It tries to bully me out. I'm here stronger than ever and more beautiful than ever. And I don't care about all this, this shallow, picture-perfect, flawless industry. I'm here to say I am a real woman. I have endured so much. I have a son. My body shows it. And I'm proud of it. Let's love ourselves. And even you start to post your own picture and say, you know what? As of now on, I'm a life coach of real bodies and real people so that it's not a shame anymore because if you get rid of the shame that is associated with it and you start to turn it to say you know what no i refuse to live in shame in fear and in hiding you showed me let me show myself on the better better things. how about that. that i love that and i agree with that you know, after after sitting and writing for a long time and trying to come up with what my perspective was, as I was reflecting on this, because I was asked to be a part of a documentary telling my story on Netflix. And um, when it got down to the baseline of like what I would tell someone, it's just to become shameless because shame is what they're using to control you. And the minute that you become shameless, they the hold that they have, the power they have over you dissipates. Exactly. Exactly. So tell us what has been your shift in consciousness that allowed you to prevail over such a harsh abuse? I I got into therapy and I got on some depression medication and I was really at the time against that. And then once I did, I realized quickly how wrong I was because it helped me out so much in the situation. Um, and it was so much relief just to be validated by a therapist and um, to be on the medication, which helped me kind of zo- like balance out. So I wasn't in this constant state of anxiety and it helped me think a lot more clearly. Yeah. And what I did was I just focused in on myself as a mother and my, you know, my son. And actually, I went and I got a big tattoo on my thigh. It was this big, beautiful tattoo. So my mom is a lactation consultant. So she teaches mothers how to breastfeed. And that's her passion. She's really, really passionate about that. And um, I just started to think about, you know, the strength of a mother. And I 
I went and so I had this tattoo down on my thigh and it's it's breastfeeding mother, but it's in 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 a one of those old Victorian brooches, you know, like a blue and white brooch and um, like a pendant. And that became for me as I got that tattoo, it was like four hours of me kind of working through that trauma. And um, I remember the the tattoo artist was like, I've never seen anyone hold this still during a tattoo. And I was like, he didn't know how much I was processing during that just kind of and I feel like you do, you kind of undergo a transformation mentally whenever you get tattooed. And for me, that's what it was about. It was about reclaiming my body, reclaiming my story, and focusing on what I needed to do to move forward in strength. So it's beautiful. Never heard of this story before. Beautiful way of doing it. And I guess this tattoo is just the most gorgeous drawing ever. It's beautiful. It's an award-winning tattoo artist. Um, it needs to be touched up now in over 10 years. But um, I always got compliments on it. You know, even from, like, older people. At the time, I was in my 20s. And, like, I would have women in their 60s, 70s be like, that is a beautiful tattoo. If I was wearing shorts anywhere. And, you know, normally where I'm from, people don't look at tattoos and say that. They're usually like, you know? But um, I just, yeah, I had to say it. so many people compliment, compliment, compliment. Um, and so for me, it felt good. It felt like a transformational thing. I mean, it really is like a, a diary entry on my body or almost like a an emblem of strength that I can always reflect on if I need to. How beautiful is that? Thank you for sharing. Look forward to seeing it. <laughs> so talking about your business, I understand that you are a branding consultant and that you are a master photographer. Can you tell us more how you help authors? What can people buy from you? Well, right now I, I'm a wedding photographer primarily, and that's what I've been for the past decade. Um, and I do other things. I do families and portraits and some fashion stuff but um a big part of of me having my own business for 10 years actually longer because this is my second business to own um I'm able to take you know right now I'm full and but I do I do consulting for other businesses or photographers or small businesses um just to help them rebrand and um Form their marketing strategy and and zone in on on how they can better their businesses. So, um, I just started off doing that a couple of years ago, and I've had the best response. And my, I took in three people, and they're still with me. <laughs> so, um, but pretty soon I'll be able to fill another space with that consulting. And then um, I also started. A lifestyle brand called Victor by Danielle Green, and it's basically just a, a active wear T-shirt um, brand that's there to empower victims of abuse and um, help lift them up and help connect. And it's also a vehicle for me to to share my story and my message um, with the world. So. 
It's beautiful. I remember having seen it and victim is being striked out and Victor is written underneath. And uh, what I want to chime in is that my husband has written a book that is called From Victim to Victory. This is where we like, oh, interesting. And um, what happened is that he came up with a saying when he was like teenager. And the doctors kept on asking him, how did you overcome so much disability, so much I mean, you were supposed to be dead a long time ago, before the age of seven, before the age of 18, and you are still around and you are thriving when we, when according to all the documentation we have on your health, you shouldn't be dead a long time ago. What do you do? How do you do that? You're still around. And he just answered, there is a fine line between victim and victim. Just a couple of letters and you choose. And that is his saying by Sasha Gorokov. And he uses it every single time to really say it's not only, not even mind over matter, it's a victim, victor over victim. And this is exactly the drawing that you branded for your streetwear. How amazing is that? Amazing. That's so wild. Yeah, yeah, it is. It definitely is. So inspiring. And your story is so inspiring. You're really advocating to empower the shame so that there is no shame anymore. Disempower right. shame. This is what you do. Yes. Yes. I try to let women understand. Well, I like to advocate a lot about the way that you can be manipulated and I did a lot of research too over the years because I was so easily manipulated in my early 20s by people. I couldn't, you know, recognize um, a, a symptom or a sign that someone was, was manipulating me. I had no idea. So I read tons and tons of articles and did a lot of mental health research so I could then acknowledge, you know, um, personality disorder symptoms. Um, and that that opened up to manipulation tactics system um, systems yeah they are systems um but symptoms so whenever i would you know educate myself on those manipulation tactics i would be able to recognize them in people and that helped like form like a a barrier between me and someone else and also recognize that if someone was trying to manipulate me it had nothing to do with me it had everything to do with them um the way they were treating me had everything to do with them. And so that that also empowered me. And But the one thing I, I realized the most is shame is one of the most powerful ways to manipulate somebody and how to recognize when someone's doing that to you. And then for me, recognizing that comes from them, not you, I was able to let go of attaching myself to the shame that they were trying to put on me. You know, that's for them to carry, not for me. Exactly. You are putting it, you are, you are taking it from where it comes and putting it where it belongs. And it's not on you. Right. And it's not on you. That's why I don't like the term revenge porn. I only use it to describe because that's what people recognize. But that term actually puts the blame on the victim. 
it insinuates that the victim did something to deserve it and also insinuates that they were partaking in some kind of porn which i i don't agree with so for me it's it should be image-based sexual abuse or sexual cybers or cyber sexual cyber sexploitation but yeah yeah that's a powerful one so to reach out to you we have victor by daniel green on danielgreen.co there is no m daniel green on instagram with it's daniel green daniel is d-a-n-i-e-n-l-e and green's a color there is link tree branding consultant organic things so in the description of this episode you have all the links you can simply click in them or you can copy paste them in your browser it all works and daniel if and when you update your links please let me know we will update this episode that will stay uploaded now and forever it is an evergreen piece of content so at any moment in time expects to have someone reaching out say can i see your streetwear yeah sure absolutely here is a link <gasps> wow so thank you very much it's a pleasure and an honor to have met you to have exchanged this episode with you and uh, definitely you bring so much to the world thank you so much all right have an amazing day